Welcome to Triumphant Tuesday. Today is Tuesday, April the 11th. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Y'all pray for us, sister, because I feel like I got a little strength back on today. Um, April the 11th. <laughs> um, I'm going to put this out here and then I'm going to tell you what I just heard the Lord say, which is why I, why I laughed. 11, April the 11th, right? It denotes disorder, disorganization, because it is one number short of the number of 12, which is governmental perfection. But when I read this uh, disorder and disorganization, um, God says, but that's why we're putting, we're getting them in order. Um, that's why I chuckled. Um, so yesterday we've been dealing with the power of the wife's prayer mantle. And we're going to stay there for the remainder of the week. And we'll see what happens. Um, so let's pray. And let's get in this and then we'll get out of it that way we don't belabor the time father god we thank and praise you we magnify you we glorify your name god we thank you for you are sovereign we thank you for your power your yoke destroying power god we thank you for your chain breaking power we thank you for your healing power we thank you for your resurrecting power God, thank you for resurrecting things that have gone dead on the inside of us as wives. Thank you, Lord God, for waking us up this morning and starting us on our way, for keeping us throughout the night. And then, Lord God, for touching us with your finger of love and causing us to arise. God, we thank and praise you for your getting up. Father God, and because you got up, I can get up. So this morning, Lord God, we thank you, we praise you, and we magnify your name for who you are, for who you've been, and for who you are yet getting ready to be. For eyes have not seen and ears have not heard, nor has it entered into the hearts of men, God the things that you have laid up in store for us. But God, you said in your word that you knew the thoughts and the plans that you had concerning us, plans to prosper us and not to harm us. So God, we wait with great expectancy to see the full manifestation here in the earth realm. So God, you be glorified on today in and through our lives. And it's in Jesus name we pray, thank God and amen. So yesterday, when we, um, pull up my document. Yesterday, when we jumped in, yesterday, when we jumped in, we were, um, we started off understanding or recapping the meaning of wife, um, the meaning of prayer, and the meaning of mantle. Um, mantle means, and I'm going to stop at that one. Mantle means cloak. 
it's a figurative cloak symbolizing preeminence or authority accepted the mantle of leadership when one accepts the mantle of leadership um they're being cloaked or figuratively right with authority and or preeminence then when we moved in we came to realize that when you looked at scripture as it related to Proverbs 31, that there were three primary methods that surfaced to the top. One being her consistent actions, your consistent actions of loving, excuse me, of doing good all the days of his life. Two, her supportive attitudes and encouragement so that her husband safely trust her. And then three, her prayerful appeals to God on his behalf so that he will have no lack of gain. Of everything that the wife's mantle carries, the power of your prayers go beyond normal actions and attitudes. Why? Because your prayers appeal to God to supernaturally intervene in your husband's life. Your prayers are far more powerful than any action you may take or attitude you may demonstrate. So your prayers have more power than your displaying attitude and or anything you would do. So we stopped, um, we stopped after we understood what a helper is. Again, this should be review. Helper is obviously one of the key marriage words. When you trace it back to the original Hebrew word behind helper, in every verse in the Old Testament and, and other related text, you will learn, um, what you will learn will radically change your attitude about the helper from a negative to a shining positive. When we think about the word helper as it relates to wife, many times it has a negative um, undertone when this is saying that it should be the opposite. So let's look at what the Bible refers to as helper. And it's, and it's seen more than anyone else as the one who helps. The answer is God himself. So who does the Bible refer to as a helper? And is seen more than anyone else as the one who helps. The answer is God himself. Over and over again, you find God helping others, coming to their rescue, providing what they need, protecting them. Now, think about that for a moment. If God is the ultimate helper, based on the things and the people that he did and helped. To help, is, to help as a wife is to be like God. There's the paradigm shift in the word. It's from the despising concept of helper to embracing it as godly. 
So when I'm helping my husband as I'm required to do biblically, I'm, I am being like God in those moments. I'm coming to his rescue. I'm providing what he needs physically and I'm protecting them, him, his name, his reputation, his health, his mental state. In the Old Testament, God the Father is directly involved in helping and serving many different people. David stated it this way in Psalms 54 and 4. Behold, God is my helper. Period. In the Gospels, God the Son is always serving. Another word related to helping is serving, helping. Other people, in fact, Jesus said that he was sent by the Father to serve others and to sacrifice himself for our sins giving his life to help others with their sin problem. Jesus referred to himself himself, excuse me, as a helper in John 14 and 16. And I will pray the father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. In the New Testament epistles, the Holy Spirit is given to us to be our helper. In John 14 and 26, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. And then also in John 16 and 7, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will come the helper will not come to you, but if I depart, I will send him to you. God was always providing a helper if it was not he himself. And one of the most straightforward revelations about how we are to think about the role of helper is found in Hebrews 13 and six. So we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Examining these passages should cause you to totally reevaluate your attitude toward the concept of being a helper. Wives, to be like God, you must be a servant and help others. Jesus even stated that the greatest among us will be servants of all. Matthews 23 and 11. Will you then change your mind and heart about your God-given role in marriage and embrace the, the nobility and God-like nature of serving as your, as your husband's helper? Always keep in mind that you don't help your husband because he deserves it. It's not about what he deserves, but because it's the Lord's will for you. Helping your husband is the Lord's will for you. So I'm going to pause for a moment, a brief moment. 
And I'm going to ask you to search your heart. Because if you need to ask the Lord to forgive your past misunderstanding and lack of wholeheartedly helping your husband, now is the time. Because helping him is not about whether or not he deserves it. But it's the Lord's will for you to do so. You got to embrace the Lord's call on your life with the mantle that you were cloaked with the moment you said, I do. In a place where it shines brightly. When you embrace the role of helper, as God defines it, you'll begin to run even closer and move even closer to God than you are in this moment because you choose to run towards your role of helper as God runs towards you to help you succeed in it. You're not being the helper by yourself. God says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. And he won't even in this role, this capacity. We ask God to help us in every other role. On our job, in our ministry, with our children. Ask God to help you be the best helper possible. To aid in the success of your husband. Remember, you make his name great in the city. That was a part of yesterday, right? When I said to you that Lonnie sits at the gate of the city, he's been invited to sit with the elders. Likewise, has Ephraim been invited to sit at the gate? He's been invited to sit with the elders to get wisdom, to gain wisdom because of your fervent and effective prayers because of how you represent and help him. And because of that, you've made his name great. His name is being spoken in places that he's not even stepped into yet. Let me, let me go back to that. So here it is, the result in the life of the husband whose wife fulfills the biblical role of helper in marriage is found right in the middle of Proverbs 31 in verse 23. When a wife fulfills her role as the husband's helper, then the husband becomes respected, even famous. Verse 23 says, her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. The most honored position in the Old Testament was to be invited to sit among the elders at the central city gate to dispense wisdom and direction for those who dwelled within the city 
when a married woman truly embraces her God-given role within marriage, her man is going to become far more than he ever could be by himself. He'll become respected in the community for his character and what he has achieved in life. But you got to fulfill your role, your biblical role as helper. You got to fulfill your biblical role as helper. The only way to get to it, the only way for him to be seated at the gate is for you to fulfill your biblical role as helper. So now that you've had a moment to sit in it and to ask God to allow you and to help you to become the best helper you can be to your husband. And remembering that you don't help him because he deserves it, but it is because it's the Lord's will for you. So let me look at this passage in the Bible that surprisingly reveals how God helps people help others from the life of King David found in 1 Chronicles 12 and 18. Then the spirit came upon Amasai, chief of the captains, and he said, we are yours, O David. We are on your side, O son of Jesse. Peace, peace to you and peace to your helpers. For your God helps you. So David received them and made them captains of the troops from the King, uh, New King James Version. When you rejoice and thank God for your godly role, then heaven will rejoice and your husband won't know what hit him. He will be amazed at his life as his life becomes maximized at a greater level and you will witness the overflow of this joy in your homes. How do you explain how God wants every wife to fulfill the role in marriage? So just so we, are, we have a clear understanding, roles do not replace and they do not relate to importance or significance. Roles do not relate to importance or significance. Roles do not define you and are only significant within certain situations. For instance, when you at work, you are not fulfilling your role as wife. Married women are only to assume their married role with their husbands when they are fulfilling their responsibilities within their marriage. In Genesis one and three, the Bible reveals that God invented marriage and established the key role for the wife in the relationship. God stated in Genesis 2 and 18 that his perfect creation needed one more act of creation to be complete. 
because it is not good for man to be alone. At that point, God described the specific solution to that not good and said, I will make him a helper suitable for him. The Hebrew word for helper is ezer and means helper, one who aids. Ezer, one who aids. I just lost my place, so bear with me. Give me one second. Ezra, one who aids. When the Bible doesn't apply our, our, our modern word, when the Bible doesn't apply our modern word role to marriage, the scriptures are clear about the unique responsibility God assigns to a wife. Being a godly wife and operating in that role as God defines, it does not diminish who called you to be as a woman. It doesn't diminish who God has called you to be as a woman. This role shouldn't somehow make you lose your identity and your freedom. That's not what helper is supposed to do. However, it is important for us to look clearly at what the Bible says on this subject. It says that we are to be helpers to our husbands. While all of us are called to be helpers to others, the Bible places special emphasis on this responsibility for wives. Genesis tells us that God realized it was, wasn't good for man to be alone and that he decided to make a helper suitable for him. Genesis 2 and 18. It is interesting to note that the Hebrew meaning of the word helper in this particular passage is found hereafter in the Bible to refer only to God as he helps. The fact that the same word is applied to a wife signifies that we women have been given tremendous power for good in our husband's lives. God has designed wives to help their husbands become all that God intends for them to be. Pour in and watch him grow and go. Go further than he could by himself. Grow in maturity in the word. Grow in maturity in his role as husband, as father, as leader. He then tells us that we are, he then tells us we are to respect our husbands. In Ephesians 5 and 33, Paul says, the wife must respect her husband. When you respect your husband, you reverence him, notice him, regard him, honor him, prefer him, and esteem him. It means valuing his opinion, admiring his wisdom and character, appreciating his commitment to you, and considering his needs and values. 
Our husbands have many needs. The macho man who is self-contained, independent, and invulnerable is a myth. Some of the primary needs men have are self-confidence in his personhood as a man, to be listened to, companionship, and to be needed. Meeting these needs is what respecting your husband is all about. A husband needs a wife who is behind him, believing in him, appreciating him, and cheering him on as he goes out into the world every day. Then God has called us to love our husbands. Titus 2 and 4 calls for wives to love their husbands. A good description of this, of the kind of love your husband needs is unconditional acceptance. In other words, accept your husband just as he is, an imperfect person. Love also means being committed to a, to a mutually fulfilling sexual relationship. I realize there's a whole lot more to love than sex, but we are looking at how to fulfill God's command to love our husbands. Therefore, we must look at love from their perspective, not just our own. When you begin to do the research, surveys, and if you were just to survey our husbands, they would say, as surveys have shown, that sex is one of a man's most important needs. It's not the most important, but it is one of the most important. When a wife resists intimacy, is uninterested, or is only passively interested, her husband may feel rejected. It will cut at his self-image, tear at him to the very center of his being and create isolation. Your husband's sexual needs should be more important and higher on your priority list than menus, homework, projects, activities, or even the children. It does not mean that we should think about sex all day and every day, but it does mean that we find ways to remember our husbands and their needs. It means we save some of our energy for him. This keeps us from being selfish and living only for our needs and wants. Maintaining that focus helps us defeat isolation in our marriages. Let me see, can I wrap this up for today? It's gonna be a little too much. Let's stop there. When we begin to think about what it really is, one, to carry the mantle 
as a praying wife, and then two, to be a helper. Those are big shoes to fill, which is why oftentimes we hear people say, including me, that marriage is not for the faint of heart. You have to want to do this thing. Because if you don't, if you don't take it seriously, the outcome has the potential to be catastrophic. Emotionally, mentally, because we've not done and or taken it seriously. But I need you all to understand. <laughs> I need you all to understand that We serve a God who brings correction. We serve a God who brings revelation. And in that, he brings obedience. It, 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 it brings obedience. So God is just trying to get us to be obedient with our role as wife by reminding us of the importance and giving us inclusively everything within that. We forget because we get caught up in the mundane things of life. I was returning an item to UPS yesterday for my mother and I had to tape it um, up for it to go back. And I found myself taking the packing tape and going around and around and around. And what popped in my head was, here we go round in circles. And I say that to say that that's what we do. We get in this pattern just doing the same old thing, the same old way, at the same old time. Um, and we forget the substance of who we are and who God has called us to be as wife. Um, yeah. So I pray that something shared on this morning um, opened your eyes and enabled you to see your role as helper differently. And remember, it's not because he deserves it. It's because you're fulfilling the calling on your life based on the calling of wife. That's why, excuse me, that's why you do what it is you're doing. Because you are fulfilling your calling based on you being called to be a helper. Priscilla 
Um, be sure to relink StreamYard, please. Um, yeah, stuck in the same old pattern, doing the same old things, the same old way. Yeah. So, Father God, we thank and praise you. We magnify you. We glorify your name. We thank you for your teaching on this morning. We thank you for wisdom. We thank you for understanding and we thank you for revelation on this morning. We thank you for opening up our ears and our eyes as well as our hearts to receive what it is you are saying. And we thank you for our roles as wife. And we thank you for every characteristic that comes along with it. Every requirement, every qualification that we have to go through and do to be who you've called us to be in this role as wife. God, we do not take it lightly for many desire to be wife, but not everyone will be. So God, we thank you even in that. For your word says that he that findeth a wife findeth favor from you, that they obtain favor from you. So God, we thank you that we are our husband's good thing. And, you, and we thank you, Lord God, for the grace that you are giving us even now to be able to fully operate in this role. Even if our husbands are undeserving, we don't do it unto them. We do it as unto you. So God, let the words of our mouth and the meditation of our heart let it be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. God, remind us of the cloak, the mantle for which you placed on us the moment we said, I, I do. That through our prayers, because of the power that's invested on the inside of us, we have the ability to speak into our husband's lives. Through our prayers. For your word says that the prayers of the righteous availeth much power. So God, thank you for the reminder that our prayers are powerful. That the words we utter out of our mouth have life 
and or death. So God, as we leave this place, but never from your presence, we ask that you go with us, that you would be with us, that you would watch guard over us. For those that are traveling, God, give them traveling grace and mercy. Take them to and from their destination safely. God, dispatch your angels to go before them, Lord God, to make every crooked path straight. God, watch the cars to the left, to the right, in the front and in the rear of them, oh God. Protect their homes as they leave it. Allow it to be found in the way that they left it up on their return. God, we love and honor you on today. We magnify your name on today. We make your name great on today. We thank you for being Bel Perazim, the God that breaks us through. We thank you for being Jehovah Jireh, the God that provides for us. We thank you for being Jehovah Shalom, the God that grants us peace. The peace that would surpass all understanding, the peace that rules like an umpire. God, thank you for being our peace. We thank you for being Jehovah Rapha, the God that heals. So God, we speak healing now into every broken place. We ask that you would be the healer for every person that is battling sickness and or disease. God, we speak healing over them now in the mighty and matchless name of Jesus. God, we thank you for deliverance on today. For your word says that deliverance is the children's bread. So God, we thank you that we are delivered, that we are healed, and that we are set free. For whom the sun sets free is free indeed. So God, we thank you for freedom, freedom to run, freedom to laugh, freedom to rejoice, freedom to dance, God, freedom to sing and worship. Free from fear, free from doubt, free from lack, free from sickness and disease. God, we thank you for freedom on today. So God, we give your name praise, glory, and honor. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Thank God and amen. Hallelujah. We thank you for freedom. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Freedom in our marriage. Hallelujah. Freedom to be who you've called us to be, God. Hallelujah. Glory to your name. Glory to your name. Glory to your name on today, God. We bless and magnify you. We exalt your name higher than any situation and circumstance. 
For God, there's none greater than you in all the earth. There's none greater than you. None greater than you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Love you, Tracy. You ladies have an amazing day. And we will see you on tomorrow, Waiting While We Wait Wednesday.